Hi, Chris. Hey, Jake. You're not in this week's episode, but I, I should let you know <laughs> yeah. that this, this episode is brought to you by MeUndies. I love MeUndies. They have high-quality underwear. Yeah, if you go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs, you get 20% off your first order of undies, shorts, shirts, whatever. Yeah, and free shipping. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash thumbs. See you at the end of the episode, Chris. <laughs> What if you got really excited, though? Hey, I can't believe I'm talking like this, and this is the way I talk now all the time. I know exactly how much, how loud I should be. I can actually it's sense it. Lines. You podcast long enough, you know, you guys know, you get a sixth sense about clipping. You're like, whoa, I think oh, I'm man, clipping right now. I feel like I'm clipping. No, I feel like I'm clipping time. in life, always. What a weird lineup. Yeah. <laughs> what a strange, strange... I love it, though. What a strange Back, you and me. Just like the old days. Yeah, the classic, those classic episodes. You and I don't spend any time together anymore. It's what true. happened to us? This is going to be a fucking good show. I can already sense <laughs> that this is good. This is, this is the vein we're opening up. <laughs> what Welcome to What Happened to Us. Just fuck everyone Jake else. Jake and Sean, where'd it go? Yeah. I, I want to get clearance on you on this from you because Chris didn't do it in advance, but you performed um, multiple harmonies for the Out of Thumbs theme song. I did, yeah. We're talking about maybe having an isolated McElroy-only edition for this episode. That would be really fucking good. Okay, okay. I mean, so, you absolutely so, should do that. Okay, good. It was beautiful. If memory serves, it was lovely. Okay. Well, we might <laughs> if be... If memory doesn't serve, if memory doesn't doesn't serve, serve it was also lovely. You'll, you'll, you'll know how lovely it was. Also, they changed it in post It's February 11th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 197. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin, and we are joined by Justin McElroy of Polygon, and my brother, my brother, and me, and, and Sawbones, and, Sawbones, and, quality, and control. quality Control, The Adventure Zone, and The Adventure Zone, yeah, and North Carolina. Aren't you from there? West Virginia. West Virginia. Nailed I've it. never I knew seen... it was a, I knew it was a direction in a state. <laughs> I was in South Texas. I've listened to some permutation of you guys do that 196 times. I was not ready for the look you two give each other. It is it is acidic, I would say. It looks acidic to me. Like, here we go again, honey. Like that's what it <laughs> looked like. We're like Thelma and Louise. We did well, this, okay, really. except so, I never get to do the Yeah, when Chris is number. here, it's a look of love. Ooh. Yeah. But when Sean and I it's yeah, that's what we can work. It's like this inmates. Out. Let's take it from the top. Yeah, it's like inmates. Were you saying you want us to start over again from the beginning of the podcast? What was the first game you talked about on episode one? <laughs> from the beginning of the series, I talked about series. the WarioWare a- game or the Wario Land game on GameCube, and I oh talked about gosh. Fallout Three. So this is a relaunch, man. So how's it going? Good, good. You're in town for Sketchfest? Yeah, yeah. You're done with that though. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go see another show tonight, uh, support other, you know, comedians and, uh, other comedians as though I am myself a comedian. Uh, no, yeah, I'm in town for Sketchfest. We did a show in LA last night and then we, Sketchfest flew us out here to do a show today with, um, another show on our podcast network during just ago. And we, uh, did that staying at the, uh, Kabuki Hotel. The Kabuki. 
The they got a nice spa there. You Ooh. can get a rub down. You can get uh, you it's can nice. sit on some hot it's rocks. Nice. All the um, all the other sketch fest performers are staying there. So it, as one of you said, it was like it's like the Olympic Village. But did you guys run out of condoms in the first like seven hours like I, they what, do in the Olympic Village? Well, we I've been here for you four hours, so I'm not. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like we had to airlift in more. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was it's re- weird because all the sketch fest people are staying there. So it's like you. Um, if you're socially awkward like myself, you're always constantly running a risk of like bumping into somebody that is is mildly too very famous. Right. I was uh, getting off the elevator while my brother Travis was getting some toothpaste for my brother Griffin who forgot toothpaste. Three brother trip. <laughs> yeah, it was a real it was a real organization. And uh, <laughs> I'm getting on the elevator, and uh, Kevin Pollock gets off the elevator. Oh man! And I had just. Uh, gotten my badge from uh, Sketchfest, and I had my hands full, so I put it around my neck because it's just like this convenient place to put your badge. So I'm wearing my badge. Looking Kevin, cool. Kevin Pollock gets off the elevator. I'm getting on, and he looks at my badge. He goes, "Huh?" <laughs> Walks right back. <laughs> <on. laughs> Fucking the best. I got that thing off so fast, you would have thought it was on fire. Like, oh no! I mean, wait, Mr. Pollock. I uh, no. All right. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> it was fine. He seemed very nice. He didn't. I was going to remind him at the time that my dad and I watched him at the Funny Bone in Huntington, but I didn't think he would have remembered. No, you know, he, he was too busy giving you one loud, like exhale chuckle. To, <laughs> hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that Huntington audience. They're great. They love my Chris Walken. They yeah. love the Walken, <laughs> the Funny Bone. They love my Shatner at the Funny Bone in Huntington. Great that crowd. is now great a uh, 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 Spanish language church. Because the funny bone apparently did not do brisk business. Still hilarious, though. Still got still it. Still really funny. It's a really funny church. There's one guy still in there like, bring back Carrot Top. Bring back Carrot Top. In Spanish, though. Mm, yes. <laughs> you guys, because you had a very, your podcast is very successful. And then you started touring. And now you're like doing comedy shows with comedians and stuff like this. The weird thing about my brother, my brother, me, or any, I think I would guess any podcast is like, if you can go when we go to like do a live show after the show, there'll be like a bunch of people who are lined up to meet us. And it's this very weird sliver of what it might might be like to actually be famous. Cause it is literally instantaneous. Once we've shaken the hand of the last person, this weird bubble of like pseudo fame that we've created on ourselves <laughs> instantly dissipates. Like you go outside and you're like, Oh, none of you know, no, nobody knows. Nope. Nope. None of you know who I am. Okay. I miss it. I miss back then <laughs> in that oh, man, way, bubble. Like if I go to like to PAX or something and meet someone who, meet, who knows Idle Thumbs, it is that weird feeling. And then when they're gone, I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. PAX is a three go awkwardly a hide away from humanity again. Yeah. yeah. PAX is that weird three days a year where it's just. It's well, I mean, it's always strange to meet somebody who knows you as a person. And you, they're still stranger. That's always like the this like that feeling is, is the one that I always find myself examining later. Like what that feels like to have somebody know you before you meet them. It's very strange. I kind of like it. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. One it's day fun. you'll get shanked. I hope not. One of these days. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Yeah, they'll be like, there are rhinos in Nepal, and you're just like <laughs> shivved thirty times. <laughs> I didn't know there were rhinos in Nepal. Uh, when uh, we were talking yeah, about Far Cry this. 4, yeah. I'm going to seg this into Dying Light because people okay. keep telling me to play Dying Light because I like Far Cry 2. Mm-hmm. You've played Dying Light. A little bit, yeah. Not not a ton, but some. Does that seem like a thing that 
is it's hard to anywhere say. I, accurate. I really don't like Far Cry Two, and I really, oh, oh, I, oh, okay, I, and okay. I think Dying Light's okay. All right, well, so maybe so on that scale, it's better than Far Cry Two. Uh, I better. I don't know. I just really. I mean, I really don't like Far Cry Two. But you like so. Far Cry Four? Do you like any of the Far Cries? Far Cry Three and Four, great. Okay. Far Cry Two is like, oh, I already cleared out this checkpoint. Why are these guys back? Ugh, I get it. You know, it's the, the pain of the human condition. That's why they're back. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I if I want to like if I want to get that, I'll read a Cormac McCarthy book. I don't need to play video games to get that, right? Sure, I, I suppose. And then, I like, suppose the, there might be ground. And then, like, there might be ground between Mario and Cormac McCarthy the, that could be the, covered by the, the interactive the media. Malaria thing is like, ugh, oh, right? Man. It's the worst. Right? Malaria all over the world. All the time. That's fine. <laughs> what? That's fine. But it's not about that. It's about a guy who's like has a pill that makes his malaria be gone. It's malaria be gone for like a few hours, and you can get better. It's, and, it's a mechanic. You gotta like it. Did he not just take basic precautions? Though? I feel like he missed a shot. You I think must that must have, have happened. Right? He missed on his cycle of shots. We've all been or there. Or he had like a really progressive mom. Oh, an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Far Cry 2 is actually a commentary on anti-vaxxing. Think I think. It. What's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was from uh, Mill Valley. Raising mass County. murder. It's Far Cry 2 mod where you can spread malaria. Because oh you can't get like, but what if if when you're coming up that with is your, weird. When you're like, coming down with your symptoms, then you just get near NPCs. They it, also I start think dying. It's, it's it's um it's bloodborne though. It's like that's why you get malaria from mosquitoes, right? So you get so you shot, get a, you shoot them, you oh, bleed on them, and, you, and then you go back up to your sniper <laughs> spot and just wait until they all die over the course of two weeks or however long. It your takes best malaria. buddy wants to like cut his hands and do a thing. And you're like, I cannot, and he makes you, and you give him malaria. The yeah. um, malaria prophylaxis that they give you, uh, the the one they currently use, not like, I mean, unless you have a reaction to it, not like quinine, but... The, oh, the you're Sawbones. You know this shit. Uh, you're a doctor. On a, <laughs> Just like you say at the beginning of your podcast. Jury's out. Um, but uh, uh, it gives you like crazy... My wife went and um, worked in uh, Malawi for a month because uh, she's an actual person who gives back to the race and everything, the species. And she, uh, she went to Malawi and she had to take like a, a malaria prophylaxis and it gives you crazy dreams, That's like what I've crazy heard. messed up dreams. Yeah. I was actually a little jealous. That but. could also be the entirety of Far Cry 2. Right. Where, yeah. where, where, where Maybe you're just experiencing. You're on that bed the whole time with that guy waving a knife over you, but you're really the jackal. Just, yeah. You're really just dying of malaria. You have a malaria like that guy, dream. that guy really had it together. It seemed like he could have just done that. Like, but I mean, we've been there. You get, you get to the airport and you're like, I got my passport. I got my power adapter. Did I, ah, uh, I didn't get my malaria prophylaxis. Well, it's all right. What are the odds? Pretty good, apparently. Pretty hundred percent. Design over and over again. That's another good point that he does not. He does not at any point say like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, back up, chief! I have malaria. Don't get it. Don't get any closer. <laughs> I don't want to give you my malaria." <coughs> not even in passing does he mention that he has malaria. He's, just, he's a day. strong, silent type. Uh, that's something to speak of. About, I think. <laughs> they were going to wait till Far Cry Three, but then they changed the story. Oh yeah, what made it all that exploitative, racist bullshit instead? Yeah, yeah but, I, know, I wish yeah. Jason would have had just one fucking affliction other than just being a douche. I just wish he would have that's had a one. Hot, that's across the bear, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, its own thing. Plus, he had to find all the fucking rhinos to get turn them into a wallet. That's true. You guys don't. Do you guys curse? Like, yeah, I'm yeah, just, yeah. Okay. Fucking crazy. Okay, yeah. good. I listen. Well, I, I I say that like I I'm, I'm I listen to the show all the time. I'm a nerd to uh profanity it does not i can't hear it i'm yeah, yeah. blind to it so right i want to make sure no i'm totally fine the light seems cool it's a uh, so dead 
the Dead Island guys? It's the Dead Island guys, and I'll be honest, I was not like super big on Dead Island either. Like, right. had a lot of things that was interesting, and and again, this is one of those where like, oh, interesting. That's very weird. Like, for instance, to give you an example, there is a um, there is a uh, uh, sort of parkour type mechanic, mm-hmm. but uh, the jumping button is mapped to if you're playing with the controller, the jumping button is mapped to the right bumper. Which is, mm. like, bizarre. It's really weird. Because you're, like, it does not feel in any... Your A is a, like, search around button. Okay. And your right bumper is a jump up and uh, on things. And it's an interesting system because it, it's very much, like, it's... You look where you want to go and you press right bumper and you will fling yourself to it and catch it. And apparently you get upgrades as you go where, like, right. your jumping gets better or whatever. But, like... The fact that it's mapped there is like so – it's such a weird choice that like mm-hmm. it's almost – like, and I tend to engage with stuff like that because it's if it's intentional – even if it's at first a little unnerving, I'm just so desperate for anything to like do anything interesting there that yeah. like I'll I'll be more attracted to it. But um, What's the gist of Dying Light? So I don't really know a whole lot about it. You're a uh, – secretly, you're a government employee – for some mysterious agency who finds themselves in a town that has been overrun by zombies. Uh, and it has been overrun for like a few weeks or months. So it's, it's sort of, it's not like this is just broken. It's more like people have begun to adapt to how they have, how they live here again. Um, so you join up with like a group of survivors who are very much, uh, uh, focused on, how they continue to survive. So okay. you show up and you sort of enlist yourself as a runner. Um, okay. So you, then you go and parkour and do zombie stuff, parkour, do zombie stuff. A lot of like, Hey, I left this trap, you know, disconnected. It's in a car. Can you go hook it up for me? And then, um, and there's a day nighttime mechanic where the, the zombies, uh, get really, uh, vicious at night. So you want to try to be back to the home base, uh, before night falls, I haven't played a ton of it. It's been hard to play anything that isn't Destiny uh, lately, but I think I'm finally coming out of that. So, um, but what's that? Destiny got gotcha? you? You live the Destiny life. I, I avoided it for so long. What happened? Man. Walk me through what that must have been like. So I played Destiny when it first came out. I got to like level 16 ish, mm-hmm. and then I was like, eh, uh, you know, I had the right logical response to destiny ah all right i yeah. get it i get what you're doing and then it's this thing where if you work in if you write about video games at all like it's the only thing people will read <laughs> not the only thing okay wait but <laughs> just the, the look of despair on your face you put destiny in <laughs> the thing man. and everybody's like hell yeah i'm gonna click on that so i figure like i got this thing isn't going away i gotta educate myself a little bit and it was also a very slow time of year for video games, and I feel like I'm in an AA meeting, but it was a, it was a really <laughs> slow time for video games. And, uh, it's okay. I, and I wanted to understand – I guess I want – it was more like a, a, a an exercise. I wanted to understand it. But then it was like when I was in college and I had to smoke for my role in One Flew or the Cuckoo's Nest because I was a theater major, and I had to smoke for that, and I was like – I don't want to look like an asshole when I'm trying to smoke. I better learn how to smoke in real life. But what I learned is that your body does not know the difference between pretending to smoke <laughs> and actually smoking. And I had a legit 
not acting addiction to smoking for years. And I did not, it was, it was pretty dumb, but that's kind of what happened with destiny. I was like, wait a minute. I really care about this a great deal. So I, uh, got to like the, the next to highest level. Um, and it's actually a lot of fun. Like there, there are a lot of times where it is genuinely fun to do. And when it isn't fun, it can be very soothing. You're doing the same things every day. It's not unlike the the the, the bonsai gardening of video games. Every day you log on <laughs> and you not- <laughs> you do your mission in Mars and you do your bounties and you get your experience and you know you make a little place for it in your life. Um, but I've I've really and and you know I have a lot of friends that play it. Um, they they didn't talk about it beforehand, so it's, uh, apparently they're ashamed, but. <laughs> um, I've gotten to play with them and it's been fun and Griffin has gotten into it. So we've played together and I've been walking him through. Um, there's a lot of stuff about it that you, that seems obtuse on the outset, but once you understand it, it and it's similar, I guess, to the right bumper thing in, in dying light, where if you understand, if a system is initially hard to understand, if you put the time into actually understanding it, you, tend to have more of a connection to it. Like my reference point for this is always EverQuest where Mm -hmm. so obtuse, like so almost intentional because they're like inventing a vocabulary for how this sort of game works. And so much of it is like, so wait, I wait outside this guy and wait, this guy, Dylan Starsign pops every 10 hours and I need to kill him to get the last page of the Testament of the Near. Like, but it built this sense of almost like, it, it ingratiated itself with you, but also sort of helped to develop some semblance of community because right. it's like, I need your help. I don't understand this. I need exactly you to walk right. me through it. Yeah. And I think destiny for all it's uh, obtuseness and like weird, um, alternate, um, currencies and, and weird stuff like that. It, if you put the time into learning it, it does kind of get into your brain. Like, Oh man, like th- this is, th- I have developed some sort of like begrudging, respect for this because i have put the work in right um navigating a mit like navigating the world is like that too where i thought it was very weird at the first that there's not a map like you can't reference a map other than at the very beginning when you go into to a specific planet you can't reference a map while you're playing and i thought that was so insane but then when i started to learn like how to actually get myself to aid it from a to b it i had a more of an appreciation for it mm-hmm. like i was the one showing people Someone needed me to show them how to get to a place, right. which is a, a really f- weirdly foreign concept for a lot of games. And yeah, that, that's amazing, though. Yeah, it's really it's funny. Is you're the first person who's ever described Destiny to me in those ways, in Mostly sort of a like, social experience. Well, like just like that there is a there is a large chunk of the game that is experience experiential knowledge that you have to share human to human to. Or you can share human to human to like un, like help them I was open getting, up the game world, but because like the game is in my brain is the most mass like like that it wouldn't make sense for me in my brain for that to be in the game because this game is supposed to appeal to literally every living person who plays video games. So the idea that there's any barrier to entry, I didn't experience. I didn't. Exp- I didn't know. That. Yeah, it's weird. Like you get I, my friend Ross Frustig has been sort of my 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 destiny Sherpa through this whole thing, and he will like text me on. There's a there's a merchant named Zer that only pops up on Friday mornings, and then he disappears at the end of su- Saturday night. And the things that he has change every week, but they're some of the best things in the game. If you're not if you're not like super deep in, 
you don't know like what's worthwhile and what's not. And he'll actually like text me on Friday mornings and say, Hey, you're going to want to pick this up. This may not come around again. That's cool. Like I haven't <laughs> yeah. had that in a video game for a long, long right. time. That and I could go, wow. and I could go to Reddit and see what the, those sure. guys are saying about it. But the, that idea of like me uh, actually like it being useful to, um, the other thing that you don't hear about with, as far as the social aspects go is that aside from just the knowledge, there are things that are too hard – that are are too hard for you to do that you can't do by yourself that you really need to do that don't have like a matchmaking component. Like there's a, a – there are these exotic bounties for wet, for like some of the best weapons, but they're really hard to do by yourself. So once you get to the last stage of them, like it becomes this thing of like who – who can I find that can help me do this thing and what will I do for them in return and maybe mm-hmm. they'll get some stuff. It's really interesting. It's not something that like any other video games are – are. I mean not for a, a long time. Right. Well, especially a console game. I mean mm-hmm. you're talking about things that like I kind of remember from playing World of Warcraft a lot right. and things like that. But I mean I wouldn't expect Even that. Even World of yeah. Warcraft at this point has become very like on the ra- – I mean – it wa- it steps you into the knowledge that you need, and I'm sure there's some higher level. Sure, I've yeah, never gotten seems, to like I've heard the that highest. it's much more like like streamlined. And, yeah, because they're in that like any user we can get, please keep this thing going. We get we'll need to go back to the heyday of 2007 when this game was, you know, and things like that. It also has is interesting in that it uses it has these daily bounties that you do every day that you can do every day where. You do these bounties to get experience, and people talk about like, oh, those are those are so grindy. You know, you need fifty precision kills. You know, which is like basically headshot. Um, you need fifty of these to get this bounty, and it's so pointless because you have to do it. But what you actually learn is that in doing those things, they've actually crafted them very specifically to teach you how to do things. Like they are teaching right. you how to. Because I'm not somebody who goes for headshots normally. I'm mm-hmm. like a fully like unload the auto rifle into the dude kind right. of guy. But like I'm having to use a sniper rifle because this one thing says I, I should. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's been really, it's been really interesting. Um, you really like it. Thank I, you for sharing. I kind of, <laughs> I was, I'm too tired to be embarrassed about no, it. Yeah, I like Destiny. Um, it's amazing. It's Cause neat. none of us have that. I mean, we've all played a little bit of it. Probably. I don't think you've played it. I played the. Alpha. I played it at Christmas um, at my sister's house. My sister's big into Destiny. Really? Like, yeah, her and her fiance are like doing an eight-hour raid. Gotta get online at eleven. Let's do this. Um, raids are cool too. Yeah. Raids are raids are really complex, and you need people who have run them before to run you through it. Yeah. But when they do, it's it, you would think it would be boring, but like. For them, it's like, how can I keep these people alive? Because they do not know what they're doing, and it's going to be really hard. <laughs> and there's a lot of moments before you start something hard in Destiny where where the person who actually knows what they're doing is like, I don't know if we – yeah, it's going to be tight. <laughs> this is going to be tight. It's going to be hairy. you got to hang in there with me. We will probably be able to figure this out, but I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like they've built – they have quite the community around it, like – their old roommates play and like they have a whole two TV setup situation. That's awesome. Yeah. They love it. Well, I'm maybe half a step closer to playing destiny. That was actually really impressive because it was a, it's a long walk for me to that game. And I am, I took a few steps listening to you talk about it right there. That's, I'm, that's, oh, that can't and he happen, pulls right? off the mask and he's Bobby Cody. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, rich uncle. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I can't. I can't. Destiny and Hearthstone combined were responsible for like $400 million worth of Activision's earnings this last quarter, a year. Must be more than that. It was a lot. No, because I knew Destiny... I think Destiny cracked the half a billion. Mark. Oh, maybe it was a billion. Maybe there's a B and an M on that. You yeah. also have to give Destiny credit for as wildly popular as it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, I'm not trying to take anything away. No, from No, no, no. I'm yeah, saying, yeah, I'm, so I'm saying, as wildly popular as it is, that they have not. I'm sure there has been a temptation to, and you can argue about the value proposition of the 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 DLC pack that they released, but like with as wildly popular as it is, I'm sure there has been pressure on some level to integrate some sort of like pay to win pay to succeed pay for anything like they must be fighting that really hard because there is a voracious destiny audience that will like dismantle any every bit of minutia connected to the game and the fact that they aren't like Hammering that audience for every you nickel think that's and dime. coming though. It has to be coming. I don't know. I mean, I really don't. It's very strange that it isn't because, like, I mean, when you have that much of an, you have that captive audience, you have to like. You might not need them this quarter, but that has to be coming. It's a real. I mean, it, it's a. It is a real weird relationship though, because almost everybody that talks about the game also has that undercurrent of like. There's a lot of this stuff that's not good. That's that's, that's, that's really <laughs> it's not as bad. I mean, that I recognize is like, oh, that's lame. I okay, that's that's irritating. Um, but I I, I am impressed genuinely that they don't. You can't really pay for anything. I mean, aside from the DLC, like you know, you're not paying for like weird um, arms or weird decorations or weird colors for your ship or whatever. It's literally just like. You wait for the random number generator to give it to you, or you get it by your own gumption, mm-hmm. which I think is admirable. What do you pay for in Destiny besides yeah. Destiny, the game? Buy the game and the DLC, right? Yeah, that's so, it. Yeah, huh. that's it. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know it's weird. Yeah, it's like <laughs> how old fashioned. Yeah, you pay for the game and you play it, and it's online. Um, it needs it needs. Well, you a- have to pay for your gold or your whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You have to play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But You've already paid for your you, online. I mean, stuff, it yeah. needs some other. Right now, like the big sort of like stumbler, uh, stumbling blocks. I think that there's the big no, stumbler. It's cool. The uh, the big My stumbler is, is a robot that you bring down <laughs> with a rocket. No, the big like there's no. I mean, there could not be less of a social component right now. In game social component. If you have people you play with, obviously, because well, yeah, it sounds like for you the social thing is big, but it's more sort of like a meta thing. It is absolutely like in the in the actual like big. There's the area called the tower, where, which is where people sort of like congregate when they're yeah. not killing things. The Iron big Force. like yeah. social thing there is sometimes there is a ball. Could <laughs> <It can> be <laughs> back, like bounce around. Yeah, there is a dance button. And people hit it like compulsively because they they, what else they have know? nothing Sometimes out there. There's wave, ball. there's sit, there is dance. So any emotion, it's, it's like basically a concert. You just described going right. to a concert. You, you can can't wave, talk, you can't you can so, sit, and sometimes there's a ball. Dance, sometimes there's a ball. You, you can shout <laughs> free bird. You can dance. People dance. It's almost like Kurt Vonnegut characters. Like they dance because they have no other means of expressing themselves. <laughs> like it is a race that can only communicate through dance. Everything the dance means everything because it's the only thing that they it have. is everything. It is everything. People yeah. will be in the middle of a firefight and there will be a lull of five seconds, and almost like obsessively they will just instantly. 
why is he, he's dancing? Why is he dancing? Because he can do nothing else. Right. There's nothing else to offer. <laughs> just dance. But so it needs something like that. But other than that, right. Right. The DLC needs like a pulling like this guy face, like this guy, right? This like, guy. Oh. Some emojis. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it needs emotes. The, <laughs> it needs the Apple Watch 3D face emojis. Yeah. The new Destiny DLC includes Mario 64's stretchy face for your character. Then I'll then I'll play Destiny. <laughs> Do you want to take a break? Yeah, we should take one. We did it. We we did. It. We got through one half I feel of podcast. Like I fucking talk the whole time. I'm no, sorry. that's the whole point. Video games. By the time this episode comes out, this is fucking serious. This is dire. Valentine's Day <laughs> will be three days away. Ooh. You're a husband, you're a father. Yeah. You got that unlock already? What? You have Valentine's Day unlock. This don't, is a big deal. We don't really do it. But if it helps for like the conceit of the bit. Oh, <laughs> oh What's man. What's a yes and? You are oh, fucking tired. Oh, you just came from Sketchfest. Oh man, you know us husbands. <laughs> the little lady at home got to have some of the bobble. Well, yeah, for sure. What? Help me. May I recommend Sherry's Berries? They're giant, freshly dipped strawberries, <laughs> starting at nineteen ninety nine. Over a forty percent savings for the for the miserly father <laughs> slash husband. <laughs> you go to berries dot com. How many berries? Click on the microphone and type in the code thumbs, dude. You get a lot of berries. I think you get a dozen berries. <laughs> it's like a weekend it project be, you're giving the dozen. person. Hey, you know what you're doing this weekend? Eating berries. But you can. You know what? You can get double those berries for $10 more. <laughs> you use the promo code THUMB. First thing you do, click on the microphone, use thumbs. You're going to get a bevy of options here. A bevy of berries. These yeah. berries are huge. Have you ever had a Sherry's Berry? No. I've, Sherry's no. Berry is a sensational berry. It's the size of the face of your baby. Okay. It's very, they're large. They're okay. distressingly large berries. Upsettingly large berries. <laughs> dot com. That's the website address. It's actually no. just berries.com. That's dot com. Click on That's the a top shelf domain for some top shelf berries. That's a berries. really good domain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were squatting on I don't know what I'm going to, it's 1996. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but it's going to involve berries. <laughs> I got to get on this They bus. started growing the berries when they bought the, the top level domain. Yeah. yeah. Because the berries are so big. They must be have been on the vine for over twelve years. Or in cho- chocolate, chocolate, chocolate covered. They're delicious. I think the little lady will really like that. Get me out of the doghouse. You know? <laughs> well, this will definitely get you out of the doghouse. Video game. There's a podcast. So on the something awful podcast forums, someone complained like, "Why isn't there a podcast? It's just like the news of the week." Like, why do people always just have to have their opinions about stuff? Then someone was like, well, here, I made one called Video Games Newspaper. And it's just a guy rumpling a newspaper. And then it's going, oh, hmm. Sounds like Halo 5 still got some patch issues. <laughs> and then it like, turns the page. Oh, shit. And there have been like five episodes of that oh, podcast. I gotta track that down. That's and they're awesome. stupid as fuck, but it's so good. It's just like a bored guy talking to himself over his breakfast while reading a non-existent newspaper. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of questions. I just want to ask Justin of being alive, about being a person. Yeah. I'm, I'm about being like a real man. Yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah. I'm the perfect we can just candidate do for like, that conversation. <laughs> sure, <laughs> definitely. Teach me how to dug you, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're looking at my list. Number three is teach me how to dug you, though. Okay, yeah, we'll get there. number one is I want to know what love is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. Good. I want you to show me. Keep an eye out for proflowers.com. You had delivery coming your way. <laughs> that's love. Unless there's somebody you love them, do that. Yeah, make all your friends jealous. Real love. <laughs> 
So, so uh, someone wrote you. And, yeah. A reader wrote us, Archie Bagnall. Solid. Hi, Archie. Um, hi, guys and girl. Just guys today. Sorry. Um, I've noticed over the last few months of the cast, as a game is being described, it often comes with a caveat that it's an early access. Depending on who's describing the game, that's sometimes a good thing, or not such a good thing. I remember there being good thumbs discussions about great potential that early access in Steam Greenlight was going to give to both players and developers, and I wonder if you felt that potential had been realized or not. What a good question. Woof. Oof. You don't think that's a great question? No, I think woof is the answer to that question. That's, there's a lot you got. <laughs> Buzz's girlfriend. Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. Let's unpack that woof. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Early, I feel like we've talked about this before, even since then. I think when we talked about Steam Greenlight at the beginning, it's because we didn't know what it was along with everyone else. And what Steam Greenlight is... Classic thumbs discussion. We don't know what this is. We got opinions about <laughs> I'll it. I'll actually tell you what I fucking think about Steam Greenlight. Actually, I honestly still don't know what to think about Steam Greenlight. I don't really care about it, but I know there are some people whose games will only ever get on Steam because of Steam Greenlight. Yeah, well, I mean, when Steam Greenlight came out, it was like, this is the only way to get on Steam. But that doesn't seem true anymore. That's Steam the only way to get Steam, still or like, still write a rapid valve, or whatever. But also... It's distressing to me. Steam Greenlight started off as this really exclusive thing, where they'd let, like, ten games in at a time, and now they're just like, just, like, open the floodgates and just like, okay, we've flushed out the Steam Greenlight Reservoir, that's all on Steam now. Anyway, we'll just back it up again for another month. I, I just don't, I don't understand it enough at this point to know I'm not... Do you guys have an early access review policy and things like this? We have uh, – well, yeah, we've, we've got two things. We actually started doing early access like write-ups that are not really reviews like with scores. Um, and then we actually just started this week doing um, provisional review scores that are for like actual like box products that are – Is that where it's like grayed out or something? Yeah, basically. It's like this is the score we would give it but like we're not – the basic – I mean, the the practical upshot is it won't end up on Metacritic until right. it's actually. So this like, is in case you're Sim City, basically. Yes, when we started the when we started the updating review policy, being catfished. It was yeah. When we started the <laughs> updating review policy, it was for, uh, based on the idea that like games evolve over time. So like it made a lot of sense in that regard. Like, well, they add new things. You know, things get more interesting, or you know, uh, a community dies around a game, and then all of a sudden it's not worth picking up. And what we didn't anticipate is like how once we put that policy in place, games would start coming out and we'd have to use it like almost punitively. And it wasn't des- designed to be that way, right. but like that's that's that was the state of things. So we, right. we're trying something different. And by that, by punitively, you mean like an Assassin's Creed situation where you're like, this game is broken. Or you mean something? I mean, like-, like giving SimCity like an eight based on the its theoretical. Ver- I don't remember the actual like, number, but SimCity exactly. 4, like a, your a, initial impression of it, and then as it lives for a minute, you're like, "Oof, this is actually like when it comes out, it's." Bro- I mean, like it worked when we played it, and then when it comes yeah. out, it's broken, and like yeah. it. It's- the beta was cool, but it was like it feels like they st- remember that. Yeah, oh. it was like they got you out of the beta right before the game got bad. I mean, yeah. this was based on like the, the right, but you guys were playing on the servers when it was just press and just the team us, and, and stuff, it was like, right? yeah, it was great. So, and then it was broken, so it was like. Uh, okay, well, I guess that's. I mean, and, and that becomes a very weird question, like how many points of brokenness is it? Because that also becomes like impossible to quantify. Because so like, instead of saying games evolve, you're sort of now like games will settle basically every time they'll sort of settle. That's down probably closer. And, like, yeah, firm up. That's probably closer yeah. to it. They, like an uh, uh, an unfinished flan. Games will come out, <laughs> and then you you have to wait for them to to finish setting up. Um, yeah, but uh, we we do do early access. I get a little anxious about it because. As, I feel like at this point there's so much on there. I feel like I'm constantly missing really 
on good. Greenlight or early access or both? Uh, yeah, both. Like, I feel like I'm, there's a lot of cool experiences that I'm missing and it becomes like way harder to curate. Like, I mean, they actually have things called steam curators now, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff in there. Like I've already played or whatever. It just, I feel like I'm constantly missing stuff because there's such a glut of games on there. At this point, I kind of have just entirely disengaged and give it all that stuff time to settle down and wait for sort of like the, sifting. it's almost like how you have to use the mobile like like the app store, like wait for things to sort wait for of the like shifting rise. process of time or my yeah. Twitter feed well, to like say this is totally even worth. The yeah. charts don't even matter. They sort of have to like bubble in the zeitgeist. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, Grey Goo. I've heard from four different mouths that don't know each other. I guess right. I'm gonna go play that now. You and know, then you realize goo, they I've all listen. These mouths, Grey Goo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, it's yeah. like you have to yeah. just keep your ears open, which is a really weird way to be a consumer, I guess, or just to be in to be in the game why aren't people just telling me what i should play or just like you know if i go if i like movies even movies i guess is kind of tough like it's even getting more it's it's just i actually think it's a byproduct of just digital marketplaces like purely of discoverability and what there's just so much it's an infinite on offer like the (laughs) i thought you just said an infinite on offer as if on dash o f f e r was like a way to describe things that are on offer it's just an infinite on offer yeah yes try like like having a semi-traditional video game media outlet about this kind of stuff it becomes impossible because the 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 hard thing is you get to this point where it's like okay well obviously triple a releases we're going to talk about and then there's like this whole other layer of really interesting games but it's this weird thing of like, why are we going to profile one of the, why are we elevating this one thing to talk about That's re- it? I, and it that- only has to become like part of the, you know, why are you, why are you talking about this game? There are a million other games well, to talk about. I think, like, that's, okay, well, I think that's partly goes hand in hand with sort oh, of man. personality trumping the voice of editorial and the voice of an outlet in the thing where if, cause if you're like, why are you talking about this? And you say, well, it's just cause I like it because I'm Justin McElroy or Jeff Gersman or total biscuit or whatever. Like, right. It's, People don't the the sort of the voice of an outlet seems like in a lot of ways in that conversation is getting superseded by the voice of individual personalities. A lot of people still see it though. Like a lot of people find it really hard to divorce. Like there's some people who call Apple Mac call like call you Polygon, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean we I mean we write opinion I think a lot of that like in big big letters says opinion at the beginning. Got that pink the purple gradient on it. Yeah, Polygon said no. Polygon didn't say that. Just just one cat did, and also I didn't agree with that guy, so I don't I don't know what his story is. But um, totally slammed him on Twitter over it too, because that's what you do to your coworkers on Twitter. I do. I'll take those motherfuckers apart. Right in the street. Street rules. I'll I'll, like Training Day. I'll savage Denzel Washington. King Kong. (laughs) (laughs) Is he? I think he's he's above King Kong. King Kong doesn't have anything on him. Oh, King Kong has nothing on him. Yeah, exactly right. Like Jumpman. Exactly. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But I mean, that's, it's weird though, but like, so I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, but of course we'll cover the AAA games. Right. And then there's this whole strata of other games where we have to have a conversation about why are we covering that one and not that one. Yeah. And it, what it ends up coming down to is it, does it catch a, a writer's like, like fancy, right? Like, right. It, oh, no, Sean it, was, Sean my was, question Sean is, was, why do you feel obligated to cover Assassin's Creed? What? Oh, like, oh. Oh. You know, as opposed, like, you know, like, it, I think Papers, Please was featured well on your site, but that was obviously, like, a selected well, one. Well, you know? I mean, I'm like, trying to think of games that are, like, we are, I mean, strata. 
There are got okay. Home. You guys love this shit. I got home. Oh god, <laughs> we don't need not to go sick there. of hearing about that one. Right? <laughs> I get it. How embroiled you were over that? Not so. even a game if you think about. Anyway, um, the uh, I, okay. So the the answer to that is that, and and this is uh, a lot of this is like largely self serving, but like it's okay. They this marketplace has become so insanely diversified, like so insanely split, and it down so many different. Possible pathways and markets, and you know, there are people playing a certain kind of game. You know, there are people playing like threes, and then there's another guy playing Halo. And these guys don't even think like they don't even think they're in the same hobby. Like it doesn't even occur to them that it's the same medium. You know, right? So it's so stratified that I think the strength of the AAA games and the reason that they get coverage is like they are, and this is to a much lesser extent than even five, ten years ago, but like they are at least unify some segment of the, like they can at least get something approaching a critical mass behind them because you can know at least a million, five million, whatever. At least we know this number of people are talking about this mm-hmm. thing. And at least we know that amount of interest will be behind it. Right, like, right, right. I, I understand that. Like and, and, but I mean, there are, I will, I mean, there are definitely like AAA games, quote unquote, AAA games, whatever that means anymore. AAA games that like, we just don't, I mean, that nobody's interested in, you know, we have to, you know, well, I don't know. Do do you care about this? No, not really. But, um, and, and also there are a lot of really interesting conversation. Like, I think there was a lot of interesting conversation around Assassin's Creed unity. Like that raised. Oh, for sure. For me, like a lot of like, it was outside of the context of the gameplay experience. Right. Yeah. In terms of the faces were melting off the design because it was the worst game. Like, for me, everything that is bad about video games in 2014 was exemplified by Assassin's Creed Unity. It was covered in front of the box. Yeah, <laughs> Polygon. 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 Said Polygon. Yes. Say idle thumbs now. Got him on mic. Got him on the, in the computer right there, saying it. It's true. Perfect. Nice. On blast. Take that AC five. Burn. What's next? Who else told us things? Oh man, I could talk about that stuff forever. It's really interesting to me. Um. Thanks, Archie. Uh, Don't mention it. God, good names. Wait, is this right? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm gonna. It's like a little longer, so I'm gonna go fast. But um, it gets to um, the heart of something we've already talked about in the podcast. But I want to talk about Justin. Um, this is from reader Damien. Um, he's got a sensational last name, Damien Martini. Whoa. Um, Hi, guys. I loved your discussion about how things age well or not and what factors affect that, so I thought I'd add my own two cents. I wanted to talk about your tweet. Yeah. Recently, oh, Origin gave free copies of Theme Hospital. <laughs> so I was telling my wife, hey, look, I used to play this. You need to check this out. It's so funny. Before I know it, I had played three hours of it, and we loved it. I think video games like movies become timeless when they are universally fun. Okay, American Beauty used to be a masterpiece. Now it's weird and kind of pandering to pedophiles because it was the perfect masterpiece for the hollow feeling of the 90s. Um, pandering to pedophiles? Oh. What feeling of the nineties? It's just that's his. No, nice wait, the rhetoric. what feeling? The hollow, the hollow feeling of the nineties. Oh, hollow feeling. Holophilia. <laughs> the holophilia of the nineties. Well, it was like a cyber. Me, I'm into holograms. Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> I feel the same happens to games. Some graphics top genre is very hot at a particular time, but will fade uh, with time, and only timeless good fun will remain. It happened to survival horror, adventure games, etc., and will happen to FPS and sandbox games. If you can distinguish what is a fad from what is timeless, then you'll always be awesome. You always have awesome games in your library, and you will also be awesome. Um, yeah, and then he asks a question about the idea about level design. But 
Uh, I was just using that as a segue to talk about Grim Fandango a little bit because I wasn't on that podcast. Okay. You guys stoked for that new rock band? What? I don't know. I'm sure that rock band's coming back. Oh, you mean? <laughs> they're making some moves. They're like putting out surveys and shit, asking people what instruments. They, uh, that's not BS. <laughs> asking people like what instruments they have and how they'd Theremins want it. Theremins only. Yeah. Theremins only? Oh my god. <laughs> which rock band parody shirts, which Guitar Hero parody shirts did you respond the most strongly to? Accordion Hero? Susan Theremin Song? Hero? Yeah. <laughs> Theremin Man? Theremin? You just want Theremins. It's not to love. You could already do a theremin simulator with just two PlayStation moves, probably. Yeah, and I'm an sure eye. Doug Wilson's already made it. Yeah. Um, but you're. Were you in the? Sorry, I I'm, I don't want to put you on an opinion, but were you on the camp that Grim Fandango didn't age well, but that was a design thing? Um, you did not like playing Grim, correct? No. But you you did not play it in the '90s. Is that correct? Or no. you feel like you had to give it a seven? Be honest. What do you mean? Didn't you give it a seven on Polygon? I did. Yeah. The remastered. Oh no! Wait, like- I, we don't score our own reviews. Oh okay. Fine. So fine. other people read it and they oh, say that sounds like a seven. I did not know that because the thing that you the I think I knew that. I, I don't know. I mean, you I can. There's like veto power. You know, like I think you can say like, well, that's no, that's right. not right at all. Let me if you think that's what yeah. If you think that's what it reads like, let me like you know see if I can. Uh, we can come to some common ground here, but like, I didn't score it. I mean, I, it felt like a, about a seven to me, but, um, I, okay. So I was really nervous about that one because I was coming to that review from the place of somebody who hadn't played it, didn't have a nostalgic connection to the game itself. And I almost said, you know, I almost passed it off to somebody who had more experience with it. But in the end I thought, well, like this is our perspective, you know, it, I guess it's a worthwhile one because other people will be coming from the same, um, you know, the same position yeah, as I got, am. There's a C, or probably the majority of people. But it's who so hard to count. Like that's the problem with doing like the review for a website. Like right. there's the polygon opinion on a thing. Like, well, no, it's like just my. I mean, you know, I'm just some dunderhead who plays a lot of video games. But um, I didn't love it. I didn't. I mean, it, yeah. It, I mean. I love the aesthetic. I thought that was great. And like, and it's actually, I commented on this interview, but it's weird how like, it's kind of unfortunate that like, just having a game that is infused with like a lot of like Latin American and, you know, Mexican, a lot of the different mm-hmm. folklore there, like still feels really cool like and that fresh. Part of, like, and like, yeah, you know out. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that that still is like, oh, wow, this is really fresh. Like, just because it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I think, thing, like, but that's like ninety percent of. If you think of, like, if you ask Steve, what is like one of top four most influential games? He would say like something like Full Throttle. I think he would say Full Throttle, but like Full Throttle Grim Fandango. And I think most of the joy of adventure games for me has never been the mechanics and puzzles and oh, there's. And for me, that's especially true of Tim Schafer's. Yeah, games. it's all just where do I get a go and what does it feel like when I'm there, and like that's always what's just inspired. Like any, I don't care what the mechanics are. Like, I really don't. Like, in a video game, I just want to go someplace and not have the mechanics get in the way. But it's so rare in a video game that you get to go anywhere. And if the mechanics get in the way of being in that place, then I get really frustrated. And that's my, my Assassin's Creed criticism forever. It's like, oh, man, finally, a place I actually want to go. And then... Wow, because okay. people... Really? Assassin's Creed? Because well, Assassin's Creed also like, gets fucking slammed by everyone because you just press forward and your guy just climbs over everything. It just goes wherever the fuck you want to go. But it's still amazing to go run around Rome. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. I just want to go to the place, you know, and have something interesting to do. But I don't ever feel like the things to do there is interesting. For me, I wish that – I think that that was hindered because of how much 
like backtracking I had to do through like the set. Like in yeah. Grimm, there's like a lot of like, man, I really this is really cool. The first three to four times that I kind of wander across, like the, and you're the, wandering across the bridge with the, the bridge or the blimp. The first time, I'm like whoa. Second time, whoa. Third time, whoa. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! I, I, <laughs> I can't do this again. And I and I will be also honest. And we, and I've actually talked about this with Arthur uh, a little bit after he did his um, review of Dying Light, which is a really long game. And I, there is a part of you as a human being, and there are lots of like human impulses that you have to learn to ignore if you're going to try to review something with any amount of objectivity obviously that's impossible but trying to give a fair shake to things and when you have to finish a game to write the review of it and there's a lot of things that seem intentionally put there to impede that process uh, that that happening that can be really frustrating and like and and there is and again that's like well, You're trying to balance it as like a player, but also someone who's writing a review of a thing. But like, yeah, I, I would need to finish this. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry. And I, and if you're, if you're just talking about the world, I have almost no complaints with that. Yeah, yeah. Mechanically, a lot of it seems intentionally like obtuse in the way that like, and people can hold it cherished in their heart. Games like that killed that genre for f- half a decade. Like mm-hmm. people threw up their hands and are like, no, you know what? Fuck this. You you put the maple syrup on the tape with the cat hair and make a mustache out of it. I ain't doing it anymore. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, come back when it's based on Back to the Future. Then we can talk again. <laughs> right now, I can't do it. Like, I don't mean to say that just Grim Fandango killed adventure games. Obviously, take that, take that Tim. No, no but I obviously, it's course, a brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's like that kind of game well, wasn't that- made for a long time because people had to figure out how to make games like that that a broader audience. And I mean, like even people like Roberta Williams, who I think is a genius has said things like, I think the, the computer game audience used to be very, it was a higher level of intelligence of people. And it's right. like, okay. Well, it's very I, high, sp- I yeah. hate that. that like, oh, right. the, the adventure game community itself like raised that quote up for years. But I think what really was going on is just the theme and story and stuff of adventure games were advancing and becoming increasingly interesting and complicated. At the same time as the puzzles were becoming more and more complicated adventure game puzzles, but those two things totally, like, those tracks diverged in the same game, and at a certain point, it's just like, what? why am I playing this to achieve this? Like, it doesn't, you know, I don't know. Like, the, the puzzle thing sort of jumped off and went into, like, Mist was the most extreme version of no story, all puzzles, but once, if you try to have that level of just obtuse, weird, sit at your desk for, like, five hours to figure out this one solution to a combination lock on a safe like in Grim Fandango but then that's married to this crazy film noir story it actually it broke it breaks apart for me personally as well like I I mean it's gonna sound like I'm blowing smoke but thank god that Telltale came along and figured out a way to get out of the way of the world that you just wanted to like be in and experience a story and help to shape a story and and get out of the way with a lot of like quote unquote you know, like puzzles, which I think a lot of it just boils down to experimentation. Yeah, yeah I mean, there out, was but- like some puzzles in episode one of The Walking Dead, then there's a few in two, and then eventually there's by episode no four and five, puzzles. there's none. Well, it's funny because we the- kind of always, but that was like, that was so fucking hard. Like, it was, and Dan and Kevin's credit, they didn't care. They were like, yeah, fine, no puzzles, whatever. But like, other designers were like, where the fuck is what is this game? There's what no is puzzles. This? What yeah. is it if there's no there's nothing? It is nothing if there's no puzzles. And like we would have, like it was really fucking hard. 
it was I made we made like Jake and I definitely I'm not on some speaking terms with people still because it's like well fuck like I guess you think I'm an idiot you know like mm-hmm. it was really hard to get well, puzzles it's, out it's, of the game it's weird it's entrenched in design it is weird that that and this is the problem that like dying lights too long this this yeah. genre or this entire medium is so hung up on nomenclature that it is really weird that adventure games which is already a a crazy like well, it, a crazy title for it like right. adventure game that means nothing right and then it's like wait so maniac mansion and walking dead are like that's the same genre because it seems pretty maniac like mansion and walking that. dead are also even closer than some adventure games right right yeah. but like yeah. but yeah no I, there's but I've, been like, awake, I've been awake for a long time <laughs> yeah. so i'm just gonna go with whatever <laughs> no pull. it's true though right it's like i mean that was the first one in terms of i mean you could draw a much clearer line from doom to destiny uh, destiny from doom to from, destiny from doom to destiny <laughs> the justin mcelroy story um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i kind of feel bad for the actual like 90s style graphic adventure game fans who are in a bummer of a place at this point but at the same time i'm really glad that like the witness is coming out on one hand which is just like if you want the game where you just mull over puzzles for hours 500 plus just kind of, puzzles just kind of wander yeah. around a space solve puzzles or there's like telltale or i guess like david cage or whatever which is like story world weird stuff that you explore and like i don't mind that those are not trying to zip themselves up into the same game anymore the way that they did in the 90s right and again i i completely and that's what was so hard about the grim review is like i like a lot of games from that time period that do not that that today if i were to play it go into them cold i would not enjoy whatsoever i mean that's that's nostalgia in a nutshell well, it's I, also you were younger right like that's the thing right. that i think about when i was playing monkey island 2 and grim fandango and stuff like my friends and i when grim not right when grim came out but a little while after i remember just being at a sleepover where there was where people playing mario 60 or mario kart 64 in one room and then in the other room people who were just staying up all night just eating five sheets of little caesar's pizza basically we're just grinding through Grimm over the course of three days. And it's because, like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, you couldn't alt-tab if you, if, if you <laughs> love, If you love the story and the world of Grim Fandango and you're a teenager or a late elementary school kid or a dorky high school kid, why not just spend three days figuring out the combination on that safe or walking back and forth right. under the blimp? Because you know you're going to get an experience you're not going to get anywhere else in your entire life that you have not experienced before. But now it's like, mm, I have mm. memories of playing Quest for Glory 2 and my dad sort of like watching over my shoulder because he had already finished it and like kind of nudging me in the direction of like, hey, well, you know, have you tried? What about the – what did – do you remember what the, the – that was always a – Right. Do you remember do you what remember, I said? Did anybody say anything about uh, using a, a, a mirror as a shield? Did anybody – do you remember anything about that? It's like, <laughs> whoa. Like, <gasps> probably a little less direct than that, but yeah. like, yeah, I mean <laughs> – Dad was dad was better than him. Do you remember what was on, on page twenty five of that hint book that someone faxed me over a third generation <laughs> fax? <laughs> I'm, I'm on a few BBSs. I'm just gonna leave this here. I'm just gonna leave this roll of thermal paper here that contains all yeah. the secrets to <laughs> Quest for Glory. I don't. I imagine people did not fax each other uh, strategy guides the way that people faxed fax their that sh- fax. like old comics and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like old racist comics. <laughs> Can't get this to the store. <laughs> I'm worried people are going to be mad at me because I said not nice things about Grim Fandango. Don't worry about it. I, I love the world. People are going to be mad at you. I think, I think the world is really anyway. cool. Like I, 
I just wish it didn't feel so antagonistic sometimes. I'm going to get you a pin to wear at events that says, Ask Me About Grim Fandango, which is a reference to an inside joke in Monkey Island 3. That'll just make your dreams That would be perfect. <laughs> Real. Um, and I also wonder how much of that is just changing the world, like, y- you know, uh, both age, but also, like, I don't want to sit on a game for – I don't want to play a game for two weeks. I don't want – Except this is Destiny. Yeah, I, exactly, right? Like, there's different ways of keeping people hooked in the thing, and you can't – because of the advent of the internet, you can't people keep people playing a game for a long time that way anymore. Yeah. You know, you used to be able to extend the length of a game by making it really hard to finish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, but you can't really do that. So, you know, I don't know. We're, that's not the world anymore. So you got to put a bunch of uh, guns in it and collect all the guns. Should have some guns and grim. Just gun ro- Fandango. What if, what if we're in Fandango <laughs> just could randomly roll you a bunch of guns and you your buddy could show up and tell you how to get to somewhere? I'd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's up? Well, get ready for Grim Fandango 2. Goody. Disney, Sony, and Double Fine. There's a hot air balloon outside with my mom in it, apparently. All right. I got to go. Justin, thanks so much, man, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This is amazing. Can't believe it's over already. Uh, Well, we'll have you back. You you think you'll be back out here? I'd love to do it. We need to do a sixer or a fiver. At least a fiver. Yeah, for sure. in the same room. Get you arguing about something. Yeah. I would love that. Um, we, we could argue. It's hard with the baby, but you got to come back. We could talk. You guys could talk more about the Far Cry 4 box art. We get back back on that. Oh, I would love that. that was I'd love great, nothing more than to do that. That was good. I'd really like to dissect it. Okay, I did discover. Oh no! But now you've played oh, it, no. so it's not going to be as gripping this is, this as it was. Really, this the is first three game. hours talking about. Well, the color of his pants are like maybe that means just play the fucking game. I'm yelling at my radio at home. Just play it and then come back and talk about it. Why would we do that? We can talk about what a tacky douche he was. <laughs> I, I did discover that the Far Cry Four box art four, yeah. four, yes, four, four, yeah. four. four? Um, especially the version, the original version where he's got his hand on the, on the native man. You can take that image of Jeff Keighley with the Doritos and Mountain Dew and just Photoshop that over the top. Perfectly lines up. It's the Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> of video game promotional images. So check that out. Um, and for the, for the ultimate sort of icing on the cake, you can then overlay an etching of the like Illuminati all seeing eye pyramid, and it also it, it's really nice. And I just got a new Twitter icon. <laughs> <laughs> right. What I'm saying is Bush did 9 11. <laughs> Loose change, right? Inside job? Yeah. Yep. With you. Thanks, man. Thanks for thanks for stopping in. Yeah. False false flag. False flag. If, if you have a question for us and not for Justin, because he doesn't live here. We can forward him to him. And well, can for, well, if you have a question for anyone, including Justin, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. If you have any questions about the temperature at which steel should burn and think about it, <laughs> open your eyes, sheeple. <laughs> hit if me. you think jet fuel can burn metal, then you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're a fucking sin. Fighting for the us, slaughter. Let us know your thoughts. Questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, this podcast is at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. Or just idlethumbs.net. Yeah. We're on Twitter at idlethumbs. SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash idlethumbspodcast. Check out these videos with a bunch of annotations to a disgusting amount of detail at youtube.com slash idlevideos. The envy of all other podcast hosts, as I discover over time. I don't know if you care. Are you into idle videos? It's amazing. We'll show you. Every episode, uh, all conversation topics with time codes and hash links so you can jump to them. It's crazy. We have a a reader who does that for us. Sorry, I just had the distressing realization that there's going to be an episode of this podcast I can't listen to. And I don't know how my podcast schedule is going to recoup We can send you one where we pitch modulate you to sound like a kidnapper voice. So that'll be fine. That's true. It's perfect. Yeah. If it matters, Chris got the episode number wrong last week. He said 197 as well. So there's two 197s in the world. So just listen to that one again. Okay, perfect. It'll be fine. Excellent. But uh, yeah. And you know what? Go to iTunes. 
give us a little rating. We'd love that. And while you're there, rate my bim bam, my brother, my brother, and me. Or Sawbones, or Quality Control, or The Adventure Zone. Or rate Polygon.com Your pocket, you know what? I on Glassdoor. Look you in the eyes and tell you this, but my brother, my brother, and me is absolutely sensational. You guys do incredible work. It's Thank you very, so much. Very, very, very well made. I don't it's understand so why good. you made air quotes when you said work, but I do appreciate it. I didn't the make work. <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's, <laughs> oh, it's radio. Yes, and it's an oh, audio God. medium, Sean. <laughs> Ten more years before I get to go to Sketchfest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I did make air quotes. <laughs> Didn't you enjoy that, Chris? Wasn't that great? Oh, that was so great. I love Justin McElroy. You know what would make it uh, even more enjoyable? If you've been listening to it when wearing nothing but MeUndies. I have been. Sorry, that sounded different than I meant it to sound. <laughs> um, if you go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs, you get 20% off your first order and free shipping. So thanks to MeUndies for sponsoring this episode. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S. That's M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S. A terrorist threat. <laughs> dot com. Slash, slash thumbs. thumbs, 20% off free shipping. Yeah. Thanks, Meandies. <laughs> oh. All right, see you guys. See you. Goodbye. Say goodbye to your mom. Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you actually stop recording? No, I didn't. All right.